Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and today's show is sponsored by Mac and Moxie. We have a wonderful show for you here. We are going to be talking about Lily's Driftwood Bay, Miraculous Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir, and also talking about Mac and Moxie. Right now I'm talking with Naeem from Brooklyn, and he is age 10, talking about Ninja Turtles out of, our, out of the shadows. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be our Critics in the Half show, Critic Power. Alright, so, Naeem, thank you very much for being on the show. Before we start talking about the film, you went to a press junket and got to interview some very interesting people. Uh, tell us about that. Well... When I was at the press junket, the question I asked was, well, I asked it to the person who plays Rocksteady and Bebop. And I asked them, normally I see Rocksteady and Bebop, they're already monsters in the shows. But how did you like it starting out as a human and then turning into a monster? And then when I went to the red carpet, they all remembered my question and they said, great question. Fantastic. So also I heard you got to interview Tyler Perry, who was very hilarious. Talk about that. It was really exciting because I never ever interviewed any... Actually, I haven't interviewed anybody on a red carpet. That was my first red carpet. And you got to interview Tyler Perry for your first red carpet, so congratulations. That's fantastic. That's always a nerve-wracking thing to do, but believe me, it's so much fun to use red carpets, and I can't wait, and I hopefully, with this experience, you want to do more. Yes. So what kind of questions did you ask Mr. Tyler Perry? Well, I asked him, how did he like seeing himself on the big screen for a kid's show? Because normally, I mean a kid's movie, because normally... He does stuff for older people. And his answer, if you could remember that? He said, I find it really interesting. And he said he thinks he's going to keep on making more kids' shows. That's fantastic. No, I I love Tyler Perry. One of my favorite films he was in was his first appearance, which was Diaries of a Mad Black Woman. That film always got me. He was so funny and a very wonderful romantic film. So let's get into this film because it is a sequel to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the live, the live action one, of course. Overall, what did you think about the film? It was amazing, enthusiastic. The crowd was cheering so much that I thought it was sound effects because every, whenever somebody told a joke, they were straight up clapping together. And whenever somebody told, they were clapping and laughing all together. And it sounded like a soundtrack. <laughs> That's always a good response from an audience. Now, I love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I didn't grow up watching the show. I actually grew up watching the the original movies by Jim, um, the ones by done by Puppetry with the with Jim Henson. And I've always loved those films. And it's in this one, I liked I liked it. It was my own guilty pre- my own guilty pleasure, the original one. Let's talk about the action since we have nunchucks, samurai um, katanas. Let's talk about that. Oh, well, the action was amazing. I thought that because it was sort of animation, because the characters, there were not people inside it, but they transferred, like, they put different suits on and transferred the photo of them on the suit onto the 
animation thing and then that's how they did it so it was part animation and it, i thought it was really amazing the action yeah, i i thought it was real you could hear all the punches and stuff and i believe that you were feeling to that that type of filmmaking for those of you who don't know is motion capturing motion yeah. capture and yes i I feel like that's a dying, it's a dying art. Well, let me repeat that. It's not a dying art, but I feel like people should use it more. It's a great way of of doing action, doing semi-animation, but also to make it look realistic. I love motion capture. There's some great films out there who've done motion capture. And this is another great one. What would you say about the characters in this film, since they are dear characters that have been seen before? Well, first, I thought it was amazing because finally we got to see Shredder's face. In every show and movie that's been made, he has a mask on. And I thought it was amazing to see him without a mask. And Brian T. really brought out the character in Shredder. And the other characters were also very amazing. The other characters, like um, Jimmy Howard, Pete Plows... I forgot how to pronounce it. And also Noel Fisher. I thought... That they they all played character. They all played the Ninja Turtles. Noel Fisher played Michelangelo. Pete Plozak played <laughs> Leonardo, and Jimmy Howard played Donatello. Yes, I I remember that in this film. I was excited because we got to see Casey Jones is also in this film, and I know a lot of my friends who are big Ninja Turtle fans were just like, "Yes, we finally got Casey Jones and Bebop and Rocksteady and Krang. We all we got all these." great characters that we were excited to see from the original show come to life in this action-packed live-action film. So it's a very exciting event for fans of Ninja Turtles. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and today we're talking about the we're talking about Mac and Moxie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Miraculous Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir, and Lily's Driftwood Bay. Now we're going to continue our conversation with Naeem and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. As I said before, these, this show, this movie, is based off a television show that was in the 90s. So it seems that Hollywood is becoming very nostalgic and wanting to bring back old shows and characters and bring them back to life in a new way in film. Is there, like, an old show that you would like to see brought back into live action? Well, I would say Harry Potter, but I did hear that they might be making a new one. I'm not sure if that's true, but that would be very amazing to see a new one. The version of Harry Potter, wow. Well, they are making Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which is in the Harry Potter universe, which is fantastic to do. But I'm talking about a television show, a kid's show, that you would like to see be brought to the big screen? Let's see. Maybe that's hard. It is. There's a lot of them out there. Yeah. I'm thinking of something like not ma- not that's not still running. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> yes. The 15-year-old kids saying, I want to see Powerpuff Girls on a big screen. But that would be an interesting one. Yeah, it would. Um, that is really hard. That's a great question. Thank you. Um, I try my best. <laughs> I'm not sure. Can you come back to me in a second? You can. Of course. No, t- totally. Let's let's continue talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, what did you think about the uh, the live action actors like Tyler Perry and everybody else in the film? Well, I felt it because like. Tyler Perry had a really good role because he was like the evil scientist and he played a really strong character. He never broke or anything. His voice, his laugh was very hilarious. 
he actually admit to me that he did that laugh by accident on the um, movie set, and they told him to keep on doing it. <laughs> yeah, when you're playing a when you're playing a scientist, it's always as an actor, I believe it would be hard to try to make an original evil laugh, and it's great that they were able to find a good laugh for him, and that's just an iconic thing for people to play scientists, that mad scientist kind of character. Yes. So, so what do you think about the story overall? Well, I thought that the story really brought back the um, older TV shows and the older movie because, well, it brought back, um, well, in the shows, Casey Jones always was like, whenever, when, um, before Casey Jones was there, he always saved someone. Like, if someone was trying to hurt April, April O'Neill, Casey would always be there to save her. And it really brought back that in the new movie. And also, well, all the characters' personalities, like Michelangelo, he always loves to eat pizza. And he brought that back in the movie. So I thought it was really amazing. Yeah, and I understand that some people may say, oh, it's really cheesy, it's very 90s. They say Cowabunya. Bunya? No. Cowabunya. Am I really forgetting how he, what he says? Am I, Naeem, please remind me. Is it Cowabunya? How it's pronounced, because I'm totally blanking out. Carl Bun. Yeah, me too. Oh my word. Okay, Bun- that's very embarrassing. Carol Bunya. I think that's how he says it, but I mean, pizza, all these really 90s references. And it's again, it's called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You think it's going to be a little bit cheesy, but from what I've heard from people, is that it, it brings back what the original show did. It's a, little bit che- it's a little bit cheesy, and it's got a lot of 90s corniness, but that's the point, and that's what makes it entertaining. So I'm glad that they're going back to the roots on this film. Yep. That is very embarrassing. I can't believe I'm forgetting what he says. <laughs> well, I'm going to... Uh, the comment section of this, video, of this, of this radio show, and everyone's going to be like, it's, he says this. I'm very sorry. It's been a while since I've seen Teenage Ninja Turtles. Do you feel like this film is for the fans, or do you feel like other people who have never seen Teenage Ninja Turtles can enjoy it? I feel like both, because my parents, well, my mom, she never used to like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But then when she saw this movie, when I, when she kept on saying, I love this movie, I want to see it again, as soon as the movie finished. So... And my dad used to watch it, and he said the same thing. So I think it's for both people. Fantastic. A broad audience there. And how many stars would you give this film? I would give it five out of five stars. Fantastic. I'm really glad you enjoyed it. Well, thank you very much, Naeem, for talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. It's been a pleasure. Uh, You too. Thank you. This film comes out June 3rd, so please go check it out. I'm your host, Keeper C. Blakesley, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attraction. This show is sponsored by Mac and Moxie. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. 
All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello and welcome back to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we just got done talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows of Naeem. It was a great interview. We're also going to be talking about Mac and Moxie and Lily's Driftwood Bay. Right now, we're talking with Morgan about the miraculous tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir about its DVD release. Morgan, let's just get right into it because you have a lot to talk about. By the way, Morgan is from Southern California, just as I am, and she is 11 and a half years old. So, let's get into it. What did you think about this show? You're right on cue. And thank you so much for introducing me. I actually like this show because it's like, you always wonder, what do a ladybug, a black cat, and a hawk moth all have in common? And this is a new French cartoon, which is just really funny. It's also, it's gender friendly and visually just adorable. And it, I enjoyed it that I like watched all the seven episodes back to back and I still am watching them, which is pretty funny. And each episode has a new villain and a creative storyline that you will be totally entertained. And I was like, I was interested because this guy named Black Mouth just sends this weird moth thing to change people of the city into villains. So you were kind of like, what's this character going to be? And what will it look like? And what will be its superpower? And I like loved one of the episodes because her friend gets turned into an evil villain and it was like really funny. Now, I was researching this show and I heard that it was originally going to be, it was originally going to be about political themes and for like a a teen and young adult audience but they decided to give give it towards younger audiences so what does the show do for the younger audiences what does it what does it teach them really i guess it teaches them that you really even though something wrong happens you just need to take a deep breath and chill about it because there's always a solution to something you don't always have to freak out because this guy actually finds people who are angry and stuff, and they don't chill. And then he turns them into evil people who, like, are trying to steal Ladybug and Cat Noir's miraculouses. 
And it also teach them that like friendship is very important and always help people if you can. And that's like literally what I think it is. And also to follow the rules because a couple of the characters break some rules. So it sounds like it's it has a, a lot of other messages throughout the episode. Not one consecutive message. It's just different message for each show. Sounds cute. Let's talk about the superhero aspect of this, because I believe the assistant director once said that this show is composed of two aspects, a sitcom and action element. So let's uh, let's talk about the action element first. How was that? You know, I actually really did like the action element, because I myself am, like, the biggest fan, literally, of superheroes. So I was, like, really glad that they had superheroes in this, along with, like, just it was really action-packed because there were so many fight scenes in it. Not only that, but I just really thought that it was cool when they were fighting and stuff. Because it kind of looked like anime when they changed into their characters, their superheroes. And they started fighting. Because you know how they have like the black screen or they have different colors and then they change? That's what yes. they did with that. And that I really did Sailor enjoy. Moon. So that was like awesome. And I, like, loved how she, whenever she had her superpower, like, she, it blacked out everything. And then, like, it put little spots on the stuff that she could use to find her clue. And that was pretty cool. And I, I forgot to say this in the messaging. It was also to help you solve problems because she does that. It finds a way to use it. And that's pretty cool. And she is actually, she, it's a lucky charm is what they call it. And that gives her one gadget, and that's what she uses to save the day. Well, that's fantastic. I gotta ask, what is our main character? What is Ladybug and Cat Noir's power? Well, Christina Valenzuela is the voice of regular wow. teenager who is Marinette Dupain. She is actually Ladybug, and she has a Ladybug earring. And when things go wrong and there's villains and just everything goes crazy and evil appears, she uses her little Ladybug pet. That's, like, millions of years old, literally. And her name is Tiki, and she can change into, like, a human and a half-ladybug. And this huh. is really, it's really cool, because she has a costume that's, like, a ladybug. And then she gets one charm, and then everything, like I said, blacks out, and it kind of goes onto the stuff that she can use. And then she can use the lucky charm to, like, it will say, go to the pop machine, and then something will happen. So that's really cool, and that I really did like. And then Cat Noir, he actually has, uh, he claws out and he can have cat claws like cats do. And then he can hmm. be able to like, he has a ring that changes him into a black cat with a little cat thing. And the cat goes in there and then he changes into that and he's Ladybug's sidekick. And then he can be able to like lash out and stuff and he can be able to break out bars and stuff with his claws. Wow. Now, these sound like really interesting characters. I've never thought I'll have a ladybug superhero, but that's, again, something original. What animal-themed power and superhero name would you have? Ooh, got me on a good spot right there. Yes, well, if you need time to think. I know, right? I mean, can I pick three? Because I really, I I don't know. Let's Maybe limit it. Let's see if we can limit to one. Okay. I guess super intelligent with intelligence would be kind of cool because then you could like finish your homework and everything like really fast. And you so like a dolphin? To, pardon? Dolphins? Dolphin is very, is very intelligent animal. No, but like you could be like smarter than Einstein and everybody in the entire world, literally. Be the smartest human being so you could like even levitate and everything. And then you could use your smart powers to defeat the evil villains because then you'll trick them. Somehow, because you can find their weakness, and they'll be like, oh, no, how do we fall for that? Because you can kind of be sly. And my name would probably be Morgan Shadow. Morgan Shadow, wow. 
Well, knowledge is power, so that's a great power to have. Now, back to the television show. What do you think is your favorite episode out of the DVD packet that you got? Oh my gosh, out of all these seven episodes, I loved all of them. But my absolute favorite one, I'd have to say, was Timebreaker. Because this supervillain, she actually has to touch people to get energy for her skates. So that way she can go back in time. So like each person she gets, she gets like another minute or two. And then that's really cool. But they get erased from the timeline when she touches them. So that's kind of sad. Not only that, but I have rollerblades myself, so after seeing this, I, like, threw them on and started skating. Turns out I'm pretty bad, but I was like, great, I I forgot about them, literally. I was like, yeah, this is a reminder from the past. And this was, it was really fun watching her, because I liked this episode of how she was, like, trying to save Cat Noir, because he gets touched by the supervillain, so she's like, oh, no, I need to get my sidekick, because, uh... She doesn't know this, but in real life, he's actually a guy that she has a crush on. And when they turn into superheroes, he actually has a crush on Ladybug. So the two of them have crushes on each other that they don't know about. Wow, sounds so like if a Kat, very dramatic and action-packed show. You're listening yeah. to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and today's show is sponsored by Mac and Moxie. We're also going to be talking about Lily's Driftwood Bay. Now, we're going to continue our conversation with Morgan, and she just started talking about her favorite episode, which was about time, and all about the drama that's in this show. It's I have to say that the animation looks pretty spectacular. CG animation, always great to see that. What did you think about that? Like I said, I, I loved the fact that it had a bit of anime. I'm a pretty big anime fan myself. And also it had like regular animation as well, but it was really detailed. And I liked that about it is because like they had so many different characters and everything and they had to make sure that they all look different. And that was really cool. Plus, they this actually takes place in Paris. So they had to do the Eiffel Tower and all the places in Paris. And those were simply outstanding. I was like, wow, because I have always wanted to go to Paris and I've seen so many pictures of the Eiffel Tower. Like you could put the two of them neck and neck and they probably would look pretty much exactly the same ah paris wonderful place and great place for superheroes to go fight bad guys wee 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 je le sais pas i I, i'm actually not very good at french i take spanish so what would you say is your favorite character in the show literally i i'd have to say my favorite character is ladybug because she is a girl and she has girl power in her. And only that, but there's not a there's not as many superheroes that are girls as many people think. And she's one of the very few there are. And I like I want to applaud with her because she is simply great. Not only that, but she's so graceful when she's a superhero. But then when she's regu- when she's her regular self, she's all clumsy and everything. So I kind of wonder if that's like her disguise of being clum- clumsy or not. Because that is like pretty good. Because nobody can tell it's her. So if that is a disguise, Ladybug, applaud that. That's good. And she's also shy. Like, she has a friend, and she's, like, trying to reach out to Cat Noir, but she doesn't know it's him. But she's like, oh, no, and she can never talk. It's literally like, girls, we see somebody we like, and then our mouths just... Cat cat catches our tongue, basically, and she doesn't know it's the cat. Aha, the puns. Very punny. Well, it's nice because we don't have a lot of female main characters as superheroes. It's very nice to see that we're actually breaking the stereotype, and maybe she'll get her action figure, unlike Black Widow. Uh, <laughs> I have to say that the, what about the zitcom aspect? Because we mentioned the action aspect. The action part of the show, but there's, I hear there's a bit of a situational comedy kind of way, so let's talk about that. Well, I like the sitcom aspect because it was funny, 
And I was like laughing at one of these episodes. It was called Mr. Pigeon, I believe. And he was like acting like a pigeon. And it was just making me laugh because he would talk. And then he would like add some pigeon noises in there. And that had me laughing. Not only that, but they had like, you have a cute little rug rat in this. And like she, her friend was like, I'm a mythical unicorse. And I was laughing during that entire thing. I was like, oh my gosh. I thought it was really funny too. And not only that, but the pets are kind of funny because... The cat actually likes cheese, the little pet cat. And I'm like, you know what? You're supposed to like tuna. And that had me laughing like crazy. That's adorable. And what would you say the age range for this film, for this film, sorry, Force of Habit? What do you say the age range for this television show is? Well, I think this is definitely a great for everybody because I said this is gender friendly because you have a guy superhero and a girl superhero. And I found it just to be very realistic, the dialogue as well. And I'd say the age range is 6 to 15 or up. Literally, I think everybody could watch this because my my family loves this and I loved it and I'm still watching it and I'm 11. And I think that a lot of other people would like it because it does cre- teach great morals. And how many stars would you give this show? Like, I need to ask. Oh my gosh. I loved it so much that I'm giving it five out of five tiki stars. Fantastic. Really glad you like. And I agree with myself and I say wee wee to that. Wonderful. I'm glad you like the show. And you and if you want to go check out Miraculous Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir, you can go check it out at Shout Factory Doc. Go check it out at Shout Factory website and also other little outlets like Amazon to go buy the DVD. Let's take a break. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, and I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. This show is sponsored by Mac and Moxie. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. 
are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, and welcome back. I'm Morgan Brian Birch, age 11 and a half, currently in Southern California, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Out of the Shadows Ninja Turtles, Miraculous Tales of Nat- Ladybug and Cat Noir, and right now we're going to be talking about Mac and Moxie, and soon we'll be talking about Lily's Driftwood Bay. So right now we're talking about Mac and Moxie with Abigail, who's age eight in California Orange Country. So how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm wonderful. So um, let's jump in. <laughs> how was the acting or the voiceovers in this film or TV show, I, actually? I thought they were perfect. They wonderfully matched the characters. I loved Mac and Moxie's characters. They just matched perfectly. I loved it. I know. I actually got to see a couple of episodes, and I think they're simply adorable. Now, what did you think of this? Because I know this is partially animation and partially live action. So what did you like of that combination? Both of them together. I like that Brom Ringer had both of them together. Had the animation and the live puppet. Wow, I just, amazing. Yeah, I understand that simply. That is just really fun. Now, what would you change? Or would you change anything? Why or why not? I would not change anything because, again, it's really perfect. And Brom, he has, like, this amazing, like, imagination. So he came up with everything in his head, like, healthy land and everything. So I I don't want to change a thing on it. I understand that. That does make sense. Now, did you learn anything from Max and Moxie? Oh, we learned all, I learned a lot of things. Like, we learned about special causes, like Feeding America, American Red Cross, and the Fund Wildlife. I learned, we learned special causes. And always the helpies, like the little helpies at the end, have like these stars on the side, or maybe with this, like, police badge to let know about people, like, if there's an emergency, call 9-11. And so it lets kids know about if you you think there's an emergency, call 9-11. And a lot of people, families have smoke detectors to detect if there's any smoke or fire. So we learned that in all the four episodes. That does make sense. Now, Hank Azar, who did Simpsons, The Smurfs, who's Ray Donovan, Godzilla and all these other amazing things. Did you recognize his voice? No, not really. I didn't recognize his voice at all because I think some characters like sometimes change their voice to make it more animated or more down low or something like that. (laughs) Yes, that does make sense that we can fit the character even more. That does, that's actually really good. And that's a good lesson as well. Now, what was the plot of this film? Well, the story, it doesn't really have mainly a story to it, but it just mainly, it's just mainly about the different causes. Like, I explained the causes, Feeding America, American Red Cross, and the Wildlife Fund. So, it's just, it's about helping others and in everyday life. Like, I interviewed Kelly McQuinn, so she says, when you grow up, there's, kids are the met next humanitarian like the next generation on well was there was this a comedy a love story or a drama what did you think the genre was oh i have one more thing all of the different episodes tell special causes like the helpies have little signs on them 
like I said, with the police and the fire. And I watch them, and what happens, they go to Healthy Land, and then there's always a friend in need that they make, and the friend in need shows them about special causes, and then after that, the friend in need helps them find a Helpy. So when I said helps, Helpy, so it's kind of like helping the friend get the Helpy. Get it? Yes, that's a good joke. And that's actually great lessons. I understand that, definitely. And I'm actually part of Book Pals. And, like, I just got done watching the first episode, and we help children read and encourage them. That makes a lot of sense, and I think that a lot of kids should learn these lessons. Now, what was the genre, like I said? Was this a comedy, a love story, or a drama? Well, the genre, it's kind of funny. Um, It's funny for younger people, like, two, three to eight. Um, I think this would be, it's not really a comedy. It's not really a comedy, but it's kind of like a comedy with happiness combined to it. So it's just all, it's like all the happiness that you describe in it. That does make sense. Now, I know this is a new series. Do you think that they should make more of these? Well, oh yeah, more. I enjoy it myself. I enjoy like I think they they're gonna. I want them to make like two hundred series. Like, <laughs> wow, that's a lot of series for just one show. I know, because it's so awesome. I know that's so great. Simply amazing. Now, who is your favorite character? Oh my gosh, I don't have a favorite character. I do have to say I love Shelfa Sheldon, all of the troopers, like Trooper Kaylee, Caitlin, and one of the Adorables. Hmm, oh my gosh. I like jo- I like Josh the Adorable. He's like my favorite, but I just love Macamoxie and Shelfa Sheldon and Trooper Caitlin. Oh my gosh, I have so many favorite characters. Yes, that does make sense. I love that. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Out of the Shadows, Ninja Turtles, Miraculous, The Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir. And right now we're talking about Max Moxie with Abigail, who's age eight in California. So what did you think about all this, all these different charities and stuff? I mean, I love charity and I believe that we need to give back to charity. What did you think about that aspect? Well, I thought it was great. Um, I loved all of the different charities and like feeding the children I like and many more causes. Like there's much more causes that I really liked and I just love the causes. Yeah, I love the causes as well. And you can actually check out all these wonderful causes on their website called www.maxandmoxie.com. So be sure to check that out. And I think that it's great that they're actually bringing back money to go to great causes because everybody should help out as much as they possibly can. And that's definitely really cool. Now, I know that most of these characters are actually adults that are really used to doing serious dramas. And was it surprising to you that they were actually part of a kids TV show like Josh Dummel was in it? Yeah, it surprised me. I, it surprised me. Yeah, Josh Drumroll and more more Amritables were in there. Yeah, like Cal Penn and Eva Lou and Josh Dummel all are great in this. I love them. And I think that it's really cool when they have adults playing kids' TV series. Yeah, and I was also surprised that adults were playing in kids' shows, in that kids' show. Yes, that's definitely great whenever somebody does that. Now, was there anything that you learned that you didn't already know? Yes, I actually learned about the causes. I never knew those special causes, like the World Wildlife 
Farm Federation and Feeding America and and Save the Tigers. So, yeah, my favorite episode actually was Save the Tigers and because I love animals. And it was like the World Wildlife Federation. And I just love animals. So, and at the end, Clicks usually shows a video of people helping like people helping other people and like people reading to kids and teaching kids to do amazing things like i love that everything yeah i do understand that now what was the episode about the episode are you are you talking about the episode with yes the favorite episode of yours the the oh the tiger's tail well, Mac and Moxie usually always, like, does a little fun game at the be- beginning. Like, in each episode they have at the beginning, either it's throwing little circles around Mac hooves, or it's, like, doing the hula dance or guessing cards. Well, at the beginning, they were playing, and after that, they had alert to, there's this alert alarm that make, that lets them know about when they have to go to Helpy Land to save another Helpy. And so they went to Helpy Land with a trooper, besides like Trooper Caitlin, and they see a tiger. And his name is Ty, who's a girl. Get it, tiger? Yes, that's cute. And he's really, the tiger, Ty, is really sad that he has no friends to play with because these maybe rhinos keep chopping down the trees and making homes. But whenever Mac and Moxie try to explain something to them, they say, still didn't get that little lady because they don't really understand. So they have to draw a picture. And so they get along and they help. The tie helps Mac and Moxie find the little helpy. And so they find a helpy because, in, actually, before that, in each of the episodes, Shellfish Sheldon tries to steal all the helpiness in the world for himself. So he always tries to beat him. And so they fight to go down. And then Mac and Moxie always gets the little helpy. Hooray! Well, that's simply, that's yes, that's simply wonderful that they have a happy ending. I love that about these. Now, what would you say the age range for this would be? Well, the age range would be three to eight. How many stars do you give this film? I give this film five out of five. Well, that's definitely wonderful that you give it that. Well, thank you so much. I had a pleasure talking to you, Miss Abigail. And you were just a wonderful person for talk to talk to. I loved your opinions as well. Thank you. Let's take a break. I'm Morgan Brian Birch, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. 
We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back i'm jerry Orris, and you're listening to kids first coming attractions we were just talking about the film x-men apocalypse and right now we're going to talk to angry birds with kamai who is from atlanta and is 11 years old kamai what did you think of this film i was really shocked at how wonderful the movie was there was lots of colors it was funny and really bright. Can you tell us the plot of the film, like what happens in the film? The film is about a bird named Red and his fellow and his friends Chuck and Bomb. They meet at anger management class and they they go investigate why mysterious green pigs are visiting their island. Soon they find out what the green pigs uh, plan is and they go to stop them. There are two different islands, the Pigs Islands and the Birds Islands. Which one did you like more, personally? Personally, I thought the Birds Island because it was it was really cool to me. Pigs Island was okay, but I would definitely choose the Birds Island. And a lot of aspects that went into the creation of those islands was the animation. What did you think of the animation? We just talked to Morgan, and she said the animation was fantastic. What do you think? The animations were I have to. I would have to agree with Morgan. They really were fantastic. They're bright and colorful. Some parts were fast, but it was mostly slow and calm. Have you played Angry Birds before? Yes, I'm not really a big fan of it, but when I saw the movie, I was like, wow, I have to start playing the game immediately. So this is what my question is about. It, what, did, what was it to see these characters that you've seen hundreds of times before in the video games that they can come to life and they have stories and all of that. What was it like? Well, it was really different because when I played the game, you know, they don't really talk. So you want to understand their emotions and how they feel, felt and how they all met together and why they're angry. So after seeing this movie, I finally understood the whole story, the whole origin, all of it. 
I do agree. They don't really make any sounds except their little chirping, and they don't really have a backstory. So it's nice to see it here. Speaking of the story, did the did it keep you entertained the whole th- film through? Well, it was ri- it was entertained the whole way through because there's action and there was really funny moments, like I said before. Well, that's good to hear. And also, what did you think of the voice acting? Like I said before, we have people like Josh Gad, uh, Danny McBride, Maya Rudolph. How did they do? Well, they did really well. Like it made them sound, it made them sound like they were realistic, like they were actually talking to you. And the voices were great. I especially like Jason Sudokus. His voice playing red. And the pigs are the bad guys, but judging for clips from the film, they kind of portray the bad guys very interestingly. They portrayed them as goofy and silly. What did you think of the pigs? Well, I think they really weren't goofy and silly portraying them because they were laughing and they were always smiling most of the time. And do you think that it fit the what the pigs were supposed to be? Yeah, I really do. What is your favorite character, like your favorite bird or your favorite pig? What is your favorite character in the film? Well, my favorite character is Red because he's somewhat, he's something like some of my friends I have at school. They get angry, they have, they get angry most of the times, but they really can be good sometimes. And do you think, do you feel like there's a moral in this story? Do you think, or is it just kind of the adventure between the pigs and the birds? I just think there's an adventure between the pigs and the birds. Not really much of a moral. It's just an adventure. Now I have a question. Do you would you watch this film again? Like if you got it on DVD, would you watch it again for a second time, or do you think it's not one of those films? No, I don't think it's one of those films because I just don't like watching movies for a second time with someone else. Because you're like, I know it's going to happen. You want to spoil it so bad, and then you know everything's going to happen and it lose all surprise and everything. It's not shocking, so shocking anymore. You know everything that's going to happen. Do you think this film has opportunity for a sequel? It possibly could have a sequel. In the next one, they should probably tell the origin of the pigs, and that'll get people's attention. You're listening to Kiss First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network, and today we talked about Mac and Moxie, Dino Dan, X-Men Apocalypse. Right now, we're going to continue talking to Kemai about the movie Angry Birds, and he was kind of talking about how they could have a sequel and also how he would not see it a second time. So how many stars would you give this film? I would give it 5 out of 5 stars because it was really adventurous and really funny at moments. And can you talk about the humor a little bit more? Was it like the common humor you'd seen in Hollywood or was it original it made people laugh? It was really original. Like when it was funny how like Red said in the movie, can someone get ice pack for how? That was really funny to me because he's the boomerang bird and he hit his nose on a tree. That was kind of funny to me. And Red says most of the jokes sometimes, but so do the other characters. And do you think this will only apply to people who really love the game Angry Birds, or do you think anybody could enjoy this film? Well, kind of both, because some people would like this and some people wouldn't. People who, Some people who haven't played the game would like this because well, it's funny and they would like the funny parts in the adventure and meeting all the new characters. And the people who played the game would love it too. Because they know, now they know the background of all these birds. Now, let's pretend for a second that the Angry Birds video game never existed and the film was completely separate, completely separate characters, completely original concept. Do you think this would still be a really good film and would be able to stand alone really well? Or do you think it relies a lot on the video game? It doesn't rely a lot on video game. Because the video game, you just knock down. All you do is you knock down houses, but the but the movie is kind of different from the game. It's not all 
the same as the game. And what is your favorite scene in the film? My favorite scene is when Red meets and it comes to the anger management class and meets Chuck and Bomb. And why is that your favorite scene? Because it's funny to me. To me, it's kind of like an inside joke how Red gets into the anger management class, but also leaves me wondering how Chuck, how Chuck who was really funny, could get into anger management classes. So what did you think of the action scenes? I know there's not really typical action scenes because the action will consist of birds being launched from catapults, but what did you think of those? How were, like, they animated? How was the quality? Were they smooth? Did they fit? Well, I think they were. It was a good quality, and they did fit. It was just really good. It was really good. The action, there was, like you said, there wasn't that much action. It was just birds on boomerangs in the in the movie sometimes but it was just funny and there's some action parts but not that too many and is there a soundtrack in this film um well not there's some but not that many and how does it fit with the story and the movie it it does because like on it just it fits because like when they're on their adventure on their own adventure or just talking to each other sometimes it just matches with the theme. Now, do you think this is comedy? Do you think this is action? Do you think this is drama? Do you think this is adventure? What do you think is the main genre of this film? I think the main genre is to be comedy, because the action, there's not that much of it. And drama, eh, that's kind of like 1%. Just mostly comedy. I guess it would just be for younger kids. So, speaking of younger kids, uh, what's the age range for this film? Um... I'll give it 5 out of 13 age groups because older kids might not play the game and they just won't, they'll know the comedy but it won't be that funny to them. They just won't think that. And younger kids will definitely love this because they'll be like, oh, look, it's a talking bird and look, they're saying jokes and they're having, and they're fighting and all that stuff. And how's the length of the film? It's almost 100 minutes, pretty much an hour and a half standard length for a film. How do you think it fits with the story? Do you think it's too long, too short, or just perfect? Well, I think it's just perfect. And, ma- and kind of, ma- some of it stands on the, um, like, 1% of it relies on the game. Like how, you know, the characters, that's the part where you rely on the game. And it was It was funny, adventurous, and all that stuff. It was bright and colorful, too. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about this film. You're welcome. For our viewers, if you'd like to see this film, it is now in theaters near you, so definitely check it out. Thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Be sure to watch our video reviews of the latest films and DVD releases. Learn how you can become a Kids First film critic. Go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog in the teen section of Huffington Post. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media on the Voice America Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by Mac and Moxie from Encircle Entertainment. Thanks for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. invent kid talk we perfected it and at a very young age you're listening to voice america kids